That's right, yeah. What was your first computer? My first computer? My first computer was a Sinclair uh, Spectrum. Uh, way back in 80s or something like that. Yeah, or 90s. I cannot remember really. 48 uh, or one, 128? It was 48. It was rubber. 48 kilo. Rubber keyboard, right? Rubber keyboard, right. Right. And that was really something, yeah, with the basic and loading the files from cassette recorder. Uh, this was a really nice time, yeah. These were the first steps, actually, yeah. Yeah, and what you did with the computer? Well, uh, I was in the primary school at that time, and at first I was playing some games, and so, but uh, quite quickly, uh, I started to, 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 to research how you develop programs and so on. But it was a time, you know, when, when there was no internet yet, uh, actually very limited access to some books or documentation. Mm -hmm. And it was quite tough. Yeah. yeah. We had to invent almost everything by, by our own. And I remember there was a magazine, mm -hmm. uh, who published a source code for, for, for such applications. It was in the middle of, of the magazine and then you have to retype all the source code. Mm -hmm. And then what we, what I actually did was retype the source code and then figure out how it works and why it works and so on. Yeah. It was an interesting time. Yeah. Uh, what games did you play back then? Remember a title or what, what were these games? Well, one of my favorites was Space Invaders. Ah, okay. This is the classic. And do you one. know that game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Everyone knows Space Invaders. Very good. Yeah, right, right. And why you started programming? So, I mean, you could just keep playing. So, why, why you wanted to do something else? Well, I was simply interested in in, in how you make um, how you make computer uh, follow your uh, commands and how actually those all all those games work and and what do you do uh, to to make something similar and this was quite fascinating. Then, as mentioned, I was there in the in primary school and then this was really something you know that completely fascinated me. And I was using almost all my free time behind the computer. And, uh, you know, you play games for a certain period, but then after that, you, you, you get a little, they, they get a little bit boring. And yeah. then, then you start to investigate new things. Yeah. And I guess it was just the, just the idea of what, uh, and how to program the computer, which was really fascinating. So what was the first, uh, serious or serious working basic application with static spectrum? Well, what I first tried to do was uh, to program some games myself. But on the Spectrum, this was really difficult because in the basic, you couldn't do very much. And then you had to switch to the, to the assembly code quite quickly. Uh, however, this was then also the time, you know, when the Commodore 64 came out. And then I also, well, I had some, some serious problems with Spectrum, you know, it was overheating and, oh. and yeah, and it, it didn't work quite stable. Yeah. Uh, and some colleagues at faculty then solved this somehow they, 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 they installed some cooling on, on the chips, but, but, uh, this Spectrum really didn't work very well. Uh, and then I switched to Commodore 64. And this is where actually I, I did 
more programming than on Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, it was, a, was it a problem with the OZX Spectrum or was it a general problem? Because I remember my, my Spectrum worked well, but I had the next one. Well, as far as I know, there were some some series which oh, which okay. were overheating. That, that that was the main problem. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so so you had you you could use it for an hour or an hour and a half, and then you had to switch it off and cool it off a little bit, and then again. So, but you know, it was fine. Okay. It was fine. Yeah. And how you got the computers? I mean, you got it from your parents, or what was the the idea? Yeah, my, my my parents bought the computers for me. Actually, what I did, I also did some saving. I, I saved some money myself. Yeah, you know, I, I maybe something, but and and for for presents, uh, I got this. But it really wasn't enough. So my parents gave uh, okay. uh, gave some money and bought this to me. Yeah, yeah. And the C sixty four, the Commodore. What you did with that? So, what was your first program you wrote? Well, actually, uh, uh, first so real application was an application for uh, making exams. Uh, uh, that there was uh, this idea to to make some exams. Uh, I was still in the primary school and to make some exams from physics and uh, over the computer, uh, wow. and that. Well, it was not really something special. It was more or less an uh, an application. There were real problems there. You 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 didn't have any database. You had to store all the data in 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 the memory, and then if you wanted to save the data, you have to save it on the on the cassette recorder, as I already mentioned. Uh, 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 well, I I didn't have the money for a floppy disk there. I remember it was possible to buy a, a five point twenty five inch, yeah. uh, five and a quarter inch floppy disk drive. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, this wasn't something which I could afford it then. Uh, so, uh, and this was really quite simple application. It randomly chose the the questions, and then you had to write the answers, and then it matched the answers and gave a final report, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what I uh, what I remember is um, I really found fascinating the storing the stuff on the tape. So there was a save command, and this was lots yeah. of fun. So you could save actually stuff on the tape. I I can't remember what you could save, but you could ah you could save the program, the entire program. You could save the source code, could, but uh, I I cannot remember how how you could save the data. But uh, yeah, but it was fun back then. Yeah, the data. I, I think the data had to be within the source code somehow. Yeah. 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 Do you remember the Turbo program for Commodore sixty four? No, I, I only had the ZX Spectrum. So Commodore ah, so was, sorry, my, yeah. was my dream, but I never got it. So um, I had the ZX Spectrum, and then nothing, and then I got eighty eighty six, or there was a used one. So um, yeah, this was the story. So I only had two actually computers. All right. But uh, okay, what happened after the exam program with C sixty four? So you you kept hacking, or what was your next application? Was what was the progression? You were interested in programming, or yeah, I was I was very interested in programming. Yeah, yeah, I spent the entire. Uh, 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 secondary school uh, programming and dealing with computers and so on. This was really uh, probably more than a hobby. It was, was a sort of passion, you know. This was really something which I was very interested in. Yeah, and I did several different programs. Uh, uh, on one hand, some games, you know, uh, where you had to deal with assembly language. On the other hand, 
uh, well, the basic programming language which was there, this was something, you know, which uh, I explored fully and I still remember how you had to uh, number the, the, the program lines code and then um, a very limited structure in the program. These were, these were the times of go-to uh, command and so on, yeah. And then, you know, program by program, I realized how important it is to write the programs so well that they are well written and that they, that they follow some structure because uh, uh, doing whatever upgrades and and changes into the code could become very difficult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but what drove you? So what was your goal? So what you would like to achieve to write the perfect game or what was your motivation back then? Well, um, or how, or or how you got the idea for new software? You know, because usually you say, "Oh, I would like to program this," and uh, yeah, how it happened? Yeah, well, um, I, I don't know really how how, how this was. There, there was, you know, this was this uh, secondary school time where okay. um, those programs these were really not some professional applications. These were programs. So you know, for for uh, uh, getting familiar with the computer, and we we were a bunch of kids back then. I had some friends, and and then 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 we figured out what would be an interesting application. And at times we 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 programmed everything. You know, we didn't have such one application and the full focus on just on this application. Yeah. Uh, but this changed then later in the secondary school. Uh, these were then the times when PC computers became more available. And then I switched from Commodore 64 to Schneider PC. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. uh, and this was then my first, uh, 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 my first computer with uh, disk operating system, MS-DOS. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it also had a floppy disk. Yeah five and a quarter inch, uh, if I remember correctly, 360 kilobytes was was the, the, the limit of those floppy disks. Uh, yeah, the smaller were larger, I think, right? So the there was double density and high density or something like that? Yeah, something like that, and yeah. the smaller disk, yeah. the three and a half uh, uh, to, uh, the inch yeah. were, I think, larger than the than the bigger ones, and the bigger ones were were more brittle. I remember because they were flexible. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what yeah. did it was the Schneider? Uh, well, this was then. This was then getting serious. Well, uh, I I then uh, started to program some more. Uh, um, uh, real life applications and uh, the first software that I started to develop, uh, well, there, there were, uh, there were different things. Uh, I, I still continued. I, I got this, uh, uh, physics teacher at, at secondary school who was very interested in this application for exams, you know, okay. <laughs> uh, which I already written in Commodore 64. And then I did a much improved version on, on the PC. This was one, one, one thing. The other, the other part was that I was starting developing some applications for bookkeeping for accounting, you know, uh, such as general ledger and, 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 uh, an application where you uh, calculate the, the, the salaries and so on. Yeah. And so then the this, you sold it to QuickBooks, right? Then, <laughs> uh, well, actually this started 
like that that I was I started to program this um, just just for fun, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, my mother and my uncle both are accountants. Oh, okay. And they, 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 they know this stuff, yeah, and I started to program this. But soon there was quite a lot of interest in those applications. And while I was still in the secondary school, yeah, there were quite a few companies using using this software. Okay. Yeah. Which which was quite interesting, yeah. Because I was I was basically still a boy, you know. Fifteen, sixteen, something like that. So this yeah. was this was your first Ferrari, but you couldn't drive it, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. From the money perspective, this was not so yeah, good. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just funny how how the people looked at me, you know, uh, that I would I would make the programs for them. At first, they were quite suspicious. They thought this is just a kid, you know. How, how can he do something? But they, they, those programs were well, they worked, you know. They worked and. Uh, which so programming nice language you used? Uh, Visual Basic or what was it back then? Uh, for the majority of those programs, I, I used the Turbo Basic. Turbo Basic, okay. Yeah, this was uh, a release of Basic. It was, was Boland, I assume, right? Boland, Boland, yeah. Boland Turbo Basic, yeah. And then after that, I switched to DBase and Clipper. Oh, okay. if you re- this, if is, you remember this is classic. That, yeah. uh, I think five this years ago, com- we had to port a DBase Clipper to Java. So it was one of my oh, come on, and, really? and, yeah, and and the interesting part is of um, it was uh, a crucial system which computed a revenue for of a company, and it didn't run. Mm-hmm. I think it stopped to run on Windows Seven back then. What was uh, and and and, mm-hmm. and we had mm-hmm. to migrate that. And people I worked with had no idea about Java, so they told me what this program does, and this was uh, actually accounting for the Wall Street. So it was really really serious program program, right? Come on. So and I had okay. to, to write you know simple Java code, which is understandable to them. So basic public static stuff, no no new nothing, you know. And but the, the interesting <laughs> part is we migrated the entire software in uh, two weeks, so it worked on Java. But then you know the architects saw this and said, "Okay, but this is not written according to our standards," and they restarted the project. And I think they spent ten millions or something like this, and it still didn't work. You know, with, with hundreds of consultants, UML diagrams or whatever, because uh, the guys I worked with, they had they exactly knew how this program worked. So they told me what to do. I wrote, you know, the algorithm. I say, "Does it work this way?" I say, "Yes." Then then we are. We are done, right? And the others had to find out with research and I don't know what, and it never worked. So it was funny. So the D-Base and Clipper, this is what what I saw uh, recently, as of five years ago. I still remember the project. Interesting. Yeah. Did you also do some programming in D-Base and Clipper? No, or no? Uh, no, no. Yeah. I only heard about that and I saw the problem pro- programs, but I never wrote any any software with D-Base and Clipper. But uh, I had mm. um, to migrate a lot of Clipper and D-Base applications to Java. Or I was in project which uh, were uh, right. did this. I had the project. Right. Right. Interesting, but I, I was this told were, that it was really productive environment. Yeah, it was. It was, and those tools were really popular back then in in those years. Yeah, and actually, you could you could develop stuff really quickly. I had some libraries there and and stuff which I developed on my own and this was really productive environment for for those years you know and for 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 the stand of software engineering back then yeah it was fun yeah and okay so this was already interesting so what happened after that so after your your first uh, quickbooks program 
Um, well, uh, this was then the time when I started to visit the, the, the university and I chose the computer science university. So in, uh, usually yeah. I ask, you know, my, my, my guests why, but in your case it's obvious. <laughs> you already said. This was quite obvious, yeah. Passion, yeah. yeah. And, you know, if I was self-learning by the time before I started the university study, uh, Back then, you know, some those uh, BBS services were appearing, but there were, these were still the times when no real internet and and uh, uh, like uh, everything would be accessible and so on. This was really uh, a tough time, uh, and I, I still recall how we how we did some visits to Cbit the, the the fair, you know, in Hanover. In Hanover. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when were you in Hanover? You remember this? Which year? Um, that would be now quite difficult. Let me calculate. It would be around um, 1990, somewhere like okay. that. So uh, my yeah. first time at Hanover was 1995 or seven. So as Java was already around. And okay. the interesting part is that uh, in the morning there is a highway to the to the uh, to the mm -hmm. uh, conference center. And in the morning they opened four lane to the conference or five and one lane back. And in the evening to switch that, you know, because it was so so high demand. I have no idea about the 1990s, but in 1995 it was huge. I, I recall that, and this was really fascinating. We were discussing how smart the organizers are. Yeah, okay. uh, this was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then then we collected but, all the possible. But why you joined? Why you, uh, why you visited the uh, the uh, Sabit? I mean, you had something to sell, or you were just curious about the technology? Just curious about okay. the technology, yeah. And we collected all the possible the materials and yeah. books and whatever was possible and carried that home. And then, then we studied from those books, you know. Uh, and then at the university, you know, this was then the completely new, new thing because, uh, uh, in there, there were professors, you know, which opened really different perspectives of, on how programming uh, can be done and so on, yeah. Uh, you like the university or were you more disappointed from the experience? No, no, I like the university. Okay. I like the university, yeah. It was, it was quite challenging, you know. By the time when I was on computer science, it was like that, that the first two years were more or less mathematics. Yeah, same here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was really tough. I still recall... When when I had the first year and and linear algebra, I don't know how you say it. Yeah, yeah was it something yeah, German, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. at least German. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> and I still recall, you know, this was this was new to me in the secondary school. We didn't have that. Yeah, and there was that book, Introduction to Linear Algebra, and then I was I was driving with the bus every day. Uh, like half an hour to the university and back and i was reading this book on the bus each and every day you know and then after 10 or 14 days things become a little more clear than, than at the beginning because at the beginning it was like that wow what, what is this how will i ever yeah. how will i ever uh, understand this yeah but then things started to, to to well you know you just have to put a lot or enough effort in 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 the studies yeah and the first two years were were quite interesting but then after that and there were a lot of so computer science and software engineering classes and so on. And um, there I had some real experience. This was then no challenge anymore. Yeah. Uh, 
for me. Uh, what uh, I found recently, I think two weeks ago, notes from my university from math course, and uh, I couldn't understand what you did, but they the the you know the the captions or the titles were funny. What do I remember now? One was hyperplanes. I was like, wow, I, I, I saw this, I, what is a hyperplane? And there was stuff we did, I said, I have no idea what it is, I know strange science, okay, I have to, rec now I'm really curious what we did, I completely forgot about that. So, um, but what I remember is I was not that interested in math usually before my university, and then I was motivated and I was not bad. I was not, I know, I was not the, you know, the, the genius, but uh, I really enjoyed math in uh, the in my university. Um, yeah, which was a good experience as well. I think it's quite important for a good software engineer to 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 know that uh, it it um, it doesn't hurt at least you know it doesn't hurt <laughs> definitely yeah. not yeah. <laughs> it can hurt while you study you know yeah. uh, I, I'm joking but you know I, I still recall my my colleagues from I don't know uh, uh, economics faculty and business faculties and so on they had much more time to party in the studying days yeah, okay. than we did. Yeah, yeah no, I had no time at all. So for me, the was yeah. yeah, this was the the hardest part of of my life was the the, the university. But um, uh, regarding math, um, so yesterday actually I tried you now to convert an integer to a bit bit set, and uh, it was not that uh, that easy as I thought first, you know. And uh, then I remember the the university said, I know it is possible something. So uh, what I did it, I, and I remember you know signed and unsigned integers, right? So I said okay. So right, uh, right then I thought what I can do, I can create a zero, invert everything, and shift once uh, to to the, to the left, and it worked. So okay, cool. <laughs> now, now we are talking. But I spent half hour thinking. So like I knew something, you know, it's something behind behave strange. But now I remember that. So it never hurts. Um, Nice. So university. So what do you uh, learned new programming language at the university? So you learned Java at the university or later? Uh, Java was later. Java was immediately after I finished the the, the, the university. Okay. And yeah. at the university, uh, what you what you learned C and C plus plus, and what were the languages? Uh, C C plus plus Pascal was really popular there. Okay. Uh, at that time, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, we did quite a lot of programming in assembly language. Okay. Uh, Motorola sixty eight. Uh, we started on on Vax, you know, ah, uh, okay. uh, the 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 mainframe. Yeah, yeah. these yeah. were the first in the first year. We had assembly language on on Vax. Yeah, on, uh, on, you you saw the machine, the Vax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only so, I I use it quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. We but have usually you never see them. You only can access them. But uh, a consultant I know, uh, uh, I worked for him. Uh, he had a Vax in his room. So really, wow, yeah. Now they they showed that to us at the the university that that wasn't a problem we we could see it yeah mm -hmm. yeah particularly we were those students we were more interested or more motivated and then the professors were were quite open for that yeah so you had a nice university where you studied what was the name of the university I studied at the University of Maribor, Maribor. in Slovenia mm -hmm. yeah 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 interesting so it sounds like like fun so pragmatic uh, professors and nice university. It was a nice university, very nice university. I learned a lot, yeah, and they motivated me to do things, to, to, to challenge the software engineering area. I, I, I thought the yeah. professors, you know, <laughs> to challenge the professors. Um, um, any software you've wrote in your leisure during your university time, you know? Because I can imagine what you did in university, the standard stuff. Something interesting you did aside, or you just fully focus on hacking for university? No, no, I... Um, 
in the first and first and the or first and the half year, I was really uh, 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 working for the university because those were those difficult mathematical uh, courses and so on. But after that, there was enough time to do some other things. Uh, I continued with those uh, uh, software for accounting. Mm-hmm. And then there was, um, this was the time when uh, in our country, uh, there was a lot of need for software which would allow to to uh, assess the value of companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, I don't know, a lot of a lot of companies which were state-owned, became private-owned and so on. And then there was a whole industry of assessing the value. And this, this was really, um, this was really something, you know, and, and I, I, I did... Um, Quite a lot of software. Uh, on one hand, there was, I, I can still remember a mathematical model, which I wrote myself actually, okay. and then implemented in software. And it had really a lot of different parameters and values. And then it calculated all the possible combinations and, and. The, and I assume a lot of linear algebra, right? Quite a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot. So it yeah. paid off your the, time at the booth, you know, with the 10 days, with the book paid off now. Yeah, it was it was very useful. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah. And you sold this story? Just wrote it for fun, or what? No, uh, I I sold it. Yeah, yeah. You know, this was some money for student times, but it was yeah, yeah. this wasn't a fortune or something like that. You know, this was this was so for comfortable living. Yeah, and yeah. so that I could I could afford myself a new computer maybe each year or each two years yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was uh, just enough to get in touch with real-world problems, mm-hmm. which was quite fascinating for me, you know, because uh, one one thing you learn at the university or in school, and, you know, the other thing is when you figure out how things work in the real world and how which which, which problems are, are the most important there, yeah. Um, okay, and after university, you learned in Java, right? Uh, it was like that that I finished uh, the university in 1990. Okay. Yeah, just the year when Java, when when the rumors become uh, around Java. Uh, Java started uh, in 1995, so you had five times five years, you know. Time. Yeah, you know, uh, well, what I, what I want, actually, I stayed at the university because uh, okay. after the after the diploma, I then started the PhD studies at the same university. Okay, what yeah. topic? Uh, software engineering. Okay, yeah, but uh, yeah. You, you remember the the, the ex- yeah, I remember. So what was I the remember, title? Yeah. What was the title of the of your of your uh, thesis? Uh, the title was the performance optimization of distributed object models. Ah, then I assume a little bit of Corba and Decom. Yeah, correct, correct. A lot okay. of Corba, yeah. yeah. A lot of Corba. Visigenics, Orbix, of... Ionic, right? Visigenics and Orbix and Jaco. I, I used Orbix, yeah. Mm-hmm. Orbix was uh, yeah, uh, the one that I used mostly. But I also did a lot of RMI, remote method invocation in Java. But yeah. this was before Java? No, no, no. Um, Just let me think about it once more. Uh, I actually, no, well, well, I I missed the dates a little bit, yeah. I uh, started, uh, I started the, the, yeah, sorry, this was my mistake now, yeah. 
You started the university oh, in 1990. Too old already. I started the university in 1990, yeah. Okay. And I finished in 1994. Okay. And then at 1994, I started the PhD studies and finished okay. the PhD studies in 1999. Yeah, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, that is yeah. perfect because I, I think that's, RMI that's came with it, JDK yeah. 1.1. And, uh, and yeah, I, and I really liked RMI, Remote Method Invocation, because it was way easier than CORBA. At the beginning, you have to generate with RMIC, you know, the stops and skeletons, but, uh, but uh, later, no more. And you started the performance. So uh, you probably yeah. looked at the uh, distributed garbage collector in RMI, right? Uh, I did. I did. Uh, I did uh, quite a lot of stuff. Uh, and uh, somehow this, this topic was quite uh, popular back then. Yeah. Because I was I was working on that, and then at a certain moment, uh, uh, the editor of the Java report contacted me. Did you read the Java report yes, at that time? There was a Java report from US. This was right. This is US. From US, yeah, yeah from yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a subscription Java report. This was uh, with no shiny cover and really high quality paper, right? So what I remember, and uh, yeah, I read it because there were lots of new stuff with JRocket back then. I remember they had some, you know, uh, uh, ads about JRocket and all the shiny software and new ideas. I still have some issues uh, somewhere, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah, just right. just for fun. Yeah, there were right. a couple Java report and another one, but um, I forgot them. Doctor Dobbs was more about C. Plus plus this Java report was yeah. Java and the third one I forgot there was a couple of uh, magazines. Mm -hmm. The and Java report was something we also read at the university. Yeah, it was yeah, fun to read because it was a nice it done, was... nicely done, nice nice layout, nice nice colors and nice design. So everything was nice actually. Very nice actually, yeah, yeah. And then the the editor contacted me and and asked me if I would write an article about the performance of Corba and RMI for Java report. And of course, I said yes. I will. Why not? <laughs> and um, I published there a paper, and um, then things started to move. Uh, you know, then I had a lot of feedback on that paper because you know performance evaluation is always uh, challenging. Yeah, or how would I say? Is. Yeah, you can measure something, but you can never measure everything. And uh, all there is always some open space for what you could improve and why didn't you do it like that and how did you do the controlled environment and everything like that. And uh, then um, people from IBM Java Technology Center from Hursley, UK, contacted me. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I, so, so I got involved in the, in their RMI IOP project. Uh, if you can remember, uh, that was the RMI, which was compatible with Corba IOP. This was internet inter orb protocol. This is RMI dash IOP, right? RMI over right, IOP. This right, was the beginning right. of EJBs because it, right. it was using EJBs. Right, right. Not bad. I didn't and know that. Okay. Yeah, that, that was quite interesting. And we did some, we did some uh, 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 really interesting performance optimizations there because uh, the first version of RMI IOP was quite slow compared to classical RMI. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but because you had to Java, map you know, the Java types to Corba types back yes, and forth. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And we did quite a lot of work there and uh, improved the performance somehow. There was also some small part of my uh, contribution to that project because uh, you, you worked for IBM actually, back then or this was not really that I would be hired by IBM okay. but I was I was involved in or, or um, 
somehow we were quite in close contact with with people from IBM there from the Java Technology Center and they they actually uh, used those benchmarks uh, which I then improved from from the, this article in Java report uh, and and then we did some optimization and of course because Java was open source this was then even easier to do uh, and 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 this this was then quite an interesting project back then yeah and then, of course, because I did so much work on that, that became also the topic of my PhD. Oh, okay. Well, part of it, yeah. It wasn't just that. My PhD was then also about Corba, and I did some more stuff there. Also some some mathematical models behind and so on. Of course, linear algebra. <laughs> but it was quite fun. We also published some articles about this, um, uh, 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 you know, um, and then um, and once you start the PhD studies, you realize that uh, those professional magazines are one part, but then you also have the scientific journals which publish research papers. SME yeah. or something like this, right? Uh, something like that, yeah. And uh, in fact, uh, one of those articles, or, or even two, I cannot remember right now, uh, was published in ACM Sick Plan Notices. This was quite a popular research journal back then, and it published it published quite a lot of papers on on, on also on Java and on stuff like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So um, in RMI, I had interesting challenges back then as well, less with the, uh, let's say, communication overhead. So what happened in one project that the clients killed the server because of the distributed garbage collector. So how RMI worked, you know, they had to say, I'm alive, I'm alive. And there were not many clients, only one server. So just, you know, they they, they yelled of service the server because uh, they pinged the entire time and the server couldn't keep with it. So we just changed, you know, the the, 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 the DGC uh, polling interval and then the problem was solved. But it was interesting to see. So this was unique uh, RMI uh, feature. Corba didn't have that. So uh, this is why RMI was said to be less scalable than Corba back then, I remember. Right. You had such a large RMI project with so many clients. At least there was a problem. I don't know how big the problem the project was, but uh, the the clients were swing clients actually, and it happened, right? So um, maybe this was like I don't know, fifteen years ago. Maybe you know the interval was changed by someone to be really short, and this was the problem. But uh, what do you have to remember? The networks were also no not that stable and not that fast. (laughs) Maybe the problem was that they just you know with all the requests destroyed the network and the server couldn't respond. So I, I don't. I don't know what the problem was, but uh, I, I remember the, the solution, um, which was interesting. And um, we also remember the argumentation back then, then Corba scales better than RMI because of that. Interesting. Right. So, so yeah. what happened after this? So after your thesis, so uh, you start, you stayed at the university, I assume, and then you, what What were your next, next Java project or what, what, were, what were you interested or whatever? Well, yeah, indeed, I stayed at the university, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, actually, I'm, I still am at the university. Okay. I still am a professor at the university in software engineering. Although I'm okay. not, yeah, I'm not in Maribor anymore. I'm now at the University of Ljubljana. Okay. And the Slovenian capital. Yeah, is this as nice as the Maribor one, or is it worse? <laughs> no, no, it's it's nice, you know. <laughs> of course, that was just. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, it's you know. It's, it really isn't that much of a difference, just that uh, the University of Ljubljana is much larger. Yeah. Uh, it has more students, 
uh, and well, otherwise, yeah. Are you still teach uh, Java at the university? So Java is still big, or uh, Java is still big, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think in Ljubljana, certainly, I, I think in Maribor as well. Uh, the Java is also the first language that the students learn in 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 the first year. Mm -hmm. uh, so those uh, introduction to programming is still teached in with, with Java. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, however, today the variety of programming languages is much larger. Yeah. Uh, if, for example, 10 years ago, most of the students were dedicated to Java, today this is not the case anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, students uh, learn and use all different languages. Mm -hmm. uh, Golang and Python and Node.js and so on. Mm -hmm. All those languages are quite popular. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, you know, this is, this is the reality. Yeah. After your thesis, you started with Cumulus, or what was the the you know the road to Cumulus EE? No, no, um, not yet. My my thesis, I, I finished my thesis in 1999, yeah. you know, way back, yeah. And uh, well, um, I was there at the university. We had some interesting research problems uh, and and also projects. Yeah, uh, we did also a lot of stuff with industry. Mm -hmm. uh, this was really good. I was there in a, in a lab, uh, in a laboratory at the university where, uh, where well, um, uh, uh, a lot of um, importance was put also on, on real world collaboration with industry, with companies and so on. So we always had some really interesting projects, uh, uh, nationally and also internationally. And I was involved in several of them. We did some, you know, uh, uh, at that time, uh, a lot of effort was put on migrating to Java. Companies were really interested in how to start using Java backend applications. Uh, there was uh, uh, there was a lot of things going on, and then Java EE came out, uh, the enterprise edition of Java, which really fascinated me, you know, and also the concept of application servers and everything like that. Uh, which was those were interesting times yeah and i was continuing on that road first ejbs you know mm -hmm. uh then web services and so on mm -hmm. and uh, at that time uh, i I, don't, I cannot recall how was that but somehow i got in contact with rocks publishing uh -huh. uh I don't know if you remember them. These were those red, red books. Red books, yeah. Yeah, with with pictures of authors this on the, the covers. the beginning of spring. I think Johnson wrote in Rocks. This was Rocks' book, uh, Enterprise Java without EJBs or something like this. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And uh, then, well, uh, first I, I I collaborated with several other authors on the EJB book. Uh, yeah, they asked me to contribute a, a chapter on performance, and this was then my speciality. <laughs> yeah. uh, and after that, also because of all those projects, I, I started myself a book project, uh, Java Enterprise Application Integration. Uh -huh. uh, so Enterprise Application Integration with J2EE. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, and, and after that, I wrote quite a few more books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what, do you want it in English? English, yeah. For yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, they were. They were most of them were from rocks. Yeah. Okay, then I wanted to then, check it out because I have lots of rocks books, so I will now review my library uh, from back. <laughs> right, check it out whether you have one or not. Yeah, yeah. because uh, enterprise application yeah. integration. I also I, I, either I wrote a book or I, I proposed one, but it didn't finish for uh, Edison Wesley, and it was exactly oh, the really? same, exactly the same title. I, I wrote one. It was Java e hotspots. I think this was uh, this was two thousand something like this. And uh, I wanted to write one about, you know, the JCA connectors and how to integrate with different uh, uh, connectors and adapters, stuff like that. And um, I have to look it up, um, what happened with that. Uh-huh. But it was exactly the same this, title, so it was really interesting. Yeah, this was quite a hot topic there uh, at that time. I know this integration and how to integrate things with Java applications, with yeah. legacy software and so on. This yeah, was we quite had, a hot not topic, legacy, yeah. Or legacy, we had uh, to integrate a couple of projects with SAP back then this was a challenge you know how right. to do that and uh, they had a jaco connector so you could wrap it with jca and this was fairly simple and there were different approaches with you no know, hosts which were not always online you no know, available so there you had new strategies what happens if the backend server is not available so misuse gms for polling and stuff like that so i remember the topics so uh, this was the what i challenges for my projects actually yeah 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 nice so you wrote a couple of rocks books and then yeah yeah and then after that um the service-oriented architecture came out you know this was a really hot topic this this motivated me very much i was very involved in in the uh in the in the service orchestration Mm -hmm. uh particularly in the business process execution language Mm -hmm. bpl yeah and after that the executable bpmn I never believed in that um, BPL because uh, from the real world perspective, it was uh, basically programming. And the human problem was that particular persons just don't like to program. And the idea was that BPL right. was dedicated to more for the high level business persons. And uh, what happened in projects was that they didn't, they didn't want it to do that. So at the end of the day, we had to do this. And if I had the choice, you know, to fiddle with XML or write Java code, I always prefer Java. So I say, okay, this will never fly because uh, if someone is able to orchestrate that with a nice tool, this I then just do it. But uh, even you know, trivial problems like uh, t- transforming two data transfer objects from one to 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 another, you know, via SOA, uh, end up being if either. I mean, you know, I remember there were tools with with arrows where you have to say this is this and this is this. Right, but right. but yeah. what if, you know, a string becomes a date? So then it's uh, over with arrows and then you have to write a little bit of code. So this is, I said, okay, this will never fly, actually. I was pretty convinced. And back then in some projects, what we did, we, uh, instead of BPL, we just in- started another application server with very simple Java logic. And this worked better back then. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh, there were quite a few challenges with uh, SOA and BPM and, and stuff like that. Although I still like the idea that you uh, decompose the application to services. Yeah. This is certainly something which yeah. is also uh, uh, um, important today with the microservice architecture. Uh, and also this concept of orchestration. So if you do it the right way, then the services would be the business functionalities and then you connect those business functionalities into business processes. Uh, this idea, well, the idea itself was quite interesting. Yeah. Always, uh, but, uh, you know, but what always happened in IT is that then the people try to solve everything with people, you know? Right, and, right. Uh, that, that was one challenge. Yeah, yeah this was. Uh, and and, and yeah. Uh, if you do it right, it means 
it will be the obvious uh, the the choice is obvious right so you can say i have the three services now if i put an orchestration i can just easily combine them it's done but you cannot just at the beginning of the project say we will decouple everything and use just people or whatever and the same is now right if you are in asia cloud there are logic apps for instance where where you can just have a visual editor this works to 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 a degree but you cannot believe that you can do with the logic apps everything right it is just if you have already services maybe you could create additional ad hoc applications with logic apps but i don't think you will be able to program the entire enterprise with logic apps right so this is the same story over and over of again course. It looks course, the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's the same concepts uh, over years. There is no difference. So you you only have to know when when to use it, right? Yeah, that, that is that. This is really important. Yeah, and on the other hand, also the tools. You know, uh, well, if you ask me, the major vendors back then messed it up a little bit with BPM tools. Yeah. They were never really loose coupled and you had to carry out all these uh, dependencies on the data structures and XML and this, all those transformations, XSLT transformations and so on. This was really challenging. Yeah. And, and it didn't live up to the, to the, to the promise that you would get a decoupled, uh, uh, business process layer, which would be really loosely coupled with services. This never happened with BPL. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe BPMN, the executable BPM improved this a little bit, but not enough if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, there is still a lot of room for, for improvements, a lot of room. Yeah. And, and the room to improvements uh, is actually be more pragmatic, right? This is uh, often enough. You cannot just uh, know, do it everything with drag and drop or everything with programming. Um, sometimes, I mean, I remember uh, where we used was it uh from from jboss it was the pre pre predecessor of activity jbp j j how it's called jbpm jbpm not before jbpm it was a jboss project and then it became activity now it is activity but it was based on the jboss project uh we have to look it up i forgot it i use it a lot uh um, yeah but why is because if you you had you know long-running transaction in java e it is uh, problematic, but long-running a transaction in BPL was normal. So with that, you could yeah. just have a flow and say, okay, if uh, no, if a vendor doesn't respond in, uh, let's say, two days, then the order becomes cancelled. And this right. was like a you know, right. five-minute task with BPL, but with Java E, I mean, you will have to set up timers, start something in a database. It was a mess. So and this was beautiful. So we use a lot of projects with this J. JBoss just to handle long-running transactions, and this this we saved days probably, without any need, you know, for tools. It was fairly simple. So, I would have yeah, to... this was good. Yeah, also the compensation, all the compensation yeah, stuff compensation, for exactly. fake transactions. Yeah. yeah, this was also good, and also how you could uh, uh, call the services in asynchronous way from BPL. Uh, that that was also quite nice. Mm-hmm. You know, you could just do the invoke, and then you waited for a callback handler in a, in a. Um, some things were quite good yeah but others not so yeah but the interesting thing was you know uh, i don't know why i was quite fascinating with bpl when it came out and then there was this small company colaxa uh, back then i I think it was 2003 or 4 or something like that uh, and I was studying this uh, and i started to write a book on on bpl uh, this book then got quite popular later, but 
just at the time before the book would be published, Oracle took over the Colaxa. Okay. And this this became then the Oracle BPL process manager, and after that, this became part of the Oracle SOA suite. Uh, and uh, I still re recall that we had to to then replace all the screenshots from Colaxa with with Oracle uh, because this was just you know at the moment everything was already prepared. The book would just have to be printed, and then this Colaxa became uh, Oracle. So was yeah, yeah, Oracle book. The Colaxa. It was JBP JBPM. This is the name of well, the Gemini project. I'm just yeah, looking yeah, up right now. Yeah. It was the JBPM, and it was great. And it was created by one guy from Sweden, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I it was at the beginning. Yeah. It was, um, I, I know it. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so you yeah. wrote a book about uh, actually Oracle SOA Suite without knowing it, right? Yeah, yeah. You could say it like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's right. When was it? <laughs> Uh, I think it was 2004. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 2004. Yeah. I think it was one of the first books on on BPA. Uh, it was quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was it was 2004. Yeah. Uh, and this book then became quite popular later on. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I followed this path, you know, with with. Uh, 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 services, web services, uh, also BPMN, executable BPMN, and then then we somehow started to realize that the days of these heavy application servers and uh, process servers and all that stuff, because this was really heavy art artillery, you know, if you recall all those servers which had to be in place in order that that the, all those tools worked, yeah, yeah. yeah. We started to realize that, well, do we really need such a heavyweight application service and so on? And then in the beginning of 2010, 2010, 11, 12, we started to do first some research projects about microservices and what would happen with software if it would be decomposed into microservices and so on. And it took off. Uh, and then, uh, uh, actually, we were quite a nice team there back then. We still are, yeah. And then we started to, to ask ourselves, you know, can we do something like that for Java? Yeah. And this is how Cumulus started, who, the who Cumulus EE the framework. Um, well, at that time, we had uh, some ambitions that we would develop a really lightweight uh, uh, platform which would allow companies to do digital transformation and to develop all those digital business applications and so on. And um, uh, uh, actually, uh, uh, there there was a group of my colleagues uh, which worked at the laboratory. Of, uh, they, they all did uh, master studies or PhDs under my supervision. And then, then they were really motivated to build a startup which would uh, which would uh, uh, develop such a platform and then work on projects with companies. 
And this is then how the name Cumulus uh, uh, came up. Uh, it was really just simply, you know, cloud computing. Let's take one of the clouds and then search which domain is still uh, available. And of course, Cumulus, uh, the way it is written in English, was not available anymore. And then we somehow did it with K and Z at the end, you know. And this is how it started, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and one part of it was that microservice framework because the, the cumulus, uh, uh, the cumulus is actually a little bit larger than just the microservice framework. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, we, we decided to open source this microservice framework mm-hmm. and, uh, we had some working, uh, uh, framework back then in 2014. Uh, this was quite early. Uh, and then in 2015, we said, okay, uh, let's, uh, well, I, I was, I was, you know, I was, uh, going to Java one each year at that time in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also at Oracle Open World. And, uh, because I was a Java champion, uh, well, I still am a Java champion. Yeah. Uh, at that time, Oracle even covered the travel expenses. It was a really nice time. Yeah. Did, uh, did, uh, did, don't cover it anymore? I, I had no idea. Now, no, no. The, now they are quite selective. Yeah. Now you have to uh, either have a, a presentation. There are much more strict uh, rules. How do you get the 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 those uh, 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 travel cost covered than they were before? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, they uh, wanted to cover my cost as well. So okay, let's. Do it and they say, yeah, but if we cover, uh, you you will fly to our schedule and you have to come in two days earlier to attend a product presentation, whatever. And I say, okay, then I cannot do this. I had so many projects, so just (laughs) three days more in San Francisco. I was like, I cannot. I I mean, I cannot be at 10 days in San Francisco. This is just crazy. So I say, okay, no, okay, then I don't. I will tell you Although those products meetings were, were quite interesting. Yeah, but I had no uh, time the, the, you know, to, to tell my clients yeah, I'm know, t- t- 10 days I away know. just to see. I know. They say, okay, you are, then you are off. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, I could imagine because uh, they were with the engineering team. I saw that with web logic and stuff. So I, I, you could, yeah, it's probably very interesting. Right. Yeah, that, that was, that was really interesting. I, I enjoyed that very much. And I'm, I'm really sorry. Hopefully things will get to normal quite soon, uh, uh, so that we can travel again. Uh, but, uh, in 2015, we then, um, uh, we then, uh, proposed an article on, on, uh, uh, microservices and how to develop uh, uh, back-end applications with microservices and why not to use application service anymore. Mm-hmm. And this article got rejected and we got such a, uh, such comments from the reviewers that we just said, wow, uh, are we doing what, something wrong? Where you proposed the article? To Java One conference, oh, okay. to the Java One conference, yeah, in, and it wasn't accepted actually. Uh, however, based on our uh, based on our article, uh, Reza Raman contacted me. Mm-hmm. You probably know yeah, him; yeah, yeah, he is yeah. very very popular. And he said he said something like that. Well, you know, the Java One reviewing committee is a little more uh, uh, 
traditional. It is not yet the time for such radical changes, but I would like you to 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 apply for the Duke Choice Award because we still think this is a great thing what you did. And then we applied for the Duke Choice Award in 2015, and actually we were selected. We were one of the uh, uh, one of those who got the Duke Choice Award for the Cumulus E, the microservice framework, and it was really one of the first for standard Java. Yeah, and uh, I, was and the I, Boot I, I joined your award ceremony because it was outside, I remember. This was uh, between the hotels yeah, with was, nice yeah. music and you were on stage and I saw Cumulus EE. It's an interesting project. So I actually joined your ceremony in San Francisco live. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's that. great. Nice that's great to hear. Outside between there were four hotels and, and there was a uh, yeah. stage and you were on stage, Cumulus EE, and there were the other projects I can remember. But because of the name, Cumulus EE, this was a great name, I remember that. What I also remember is the uh, Risa pinged me and say you have to look at Cumulus EE. And uh, I had no problems with the application servers because I used back then Whitefly, Payara mostly. And they were small okay. enough. So if you do if you do reasonable applications, and they started in two seconds, the, you know the, the 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 memory consumption was easy. And I don't had, as in a typical business projects, actually it's true even now, we had probably five, mostly ten microservices. You know, so my microservices are coarser. It's not like one liner. It's more like uh, a smaller application, self-contained applications. And I never had any problems. I get this interesting. But uh, what I can do, I w won't use Cumulus because I don't have such problem. And my clients have already contracts with Red Hat or whatever. I cannot just say which can use Cumulus just for fun. But um, yes, certainly. Yeah, certainly, but yeah. What, what I did is I I I, I played with Cumulus. So I started and did, did this uh, looked interesting for me, and that's okay. So it's interesting not to invite you to to hear the background about Cumulus. But uh, the entire Cumulus team is really hard to find. <laughs> I tried via Twitter, GitHub, and then I found you know a form in a university and ping your colleague, and this is how how the contact happened. Yeah, thank you very much for the contact. Yeah, yeah. we really appreciate it. So, but you what know, happens after Kumul, after the ceremony? So something changed for you, or was just you got the the duke, which is probably a nice one, right? A nice figure, the duke. It's nice, yeah. yeah. It's a nice figure. Yeah, we still have it there on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, maybe we did a mistake because we never. Uh, turned the Cumulus E into a commercial project. Okay. Uh, but I, I, I don't mean that it should cost something to, to use it. It should still be open source, but we, we never build a team that would really, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, take care for marketing and be present at conferences and do all the other stuff which is necessary to push such a product. Uh, on one hand, we are from Europe, you know, uh, if we would be from the States, this would probably be easier. We would certainly have, had to have, have to have to raise some, some investment money at 2015 to, to, to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, but we, we didn't do that at that time. Uh, because uh, uh, Cumulus E was always more uh, a project of some enthusiasts which were uh, uh, digging into Java and trying what's possible to do. Yeah. And, you know, I completely agree with you. Today, the app servers are light enough so that um, this dilemma, whether you really need a very, very lightweight environment or not, this this dilemma becomes obvious at more, well, 
maybe when you start to go to the Kubernetes environment, you know, there every kilobyte counts and every second counts, but otherwise, otherwise you can live with those lightweight app servers. This is certainly true. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, we were really uh, keen on cloud native computing and how to make applications work in, 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 cloud native environments, particularly in Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. And we didn't stop with Cumulus EE being just a lightweight uh, runtime environment for Java. We started to add several different functionalities. Uh, for example, configuration, uh, uh, service discovery, and health checks, and so on. And well, uh, some of this stuff was then later uh, 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 also something which was addressed by microprofile. You certainly know this microprofile. Yeah. I also know that Cumulus uses microprofile right now. It uses microprofile, yeah. But the fact is that some things we did earlier than microprofile. Yeah, yeah. For this example, is, our yeah. our yeah our configuration uh, uh, framework, uh, although it is compatible with microprofile, it still has some really advanced stuff which you don't find in microprofile in 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 other microprofile implementations. For example, uh, we support ECD, etcd uh, or or cancel for distributed configuration and then uh, we will uh, ju just now we will um, uh, extend the configuration framework with some interesting injections which will allow you to inject a configuration from some pa other part and so on uh, and we, in, in those years we did a lot of stuff actually we, we added quite a few we, we call them cumulus e extensions which go into the way i would like to reinvite you back and talk about microservices and cumulus and you know architecture microservice architecture, if you are interested you know just to recap, because otherwise it would be I, I see we ran out of time yeah i'm uh, sorry no was it talking uh, too much this is, no, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I i you know ask too many questions um but um this would be great and this is always the case that i you know the first invitation we talk about how how something happened and then we can focus more on the architecture because otherwise it would be just too long but regarding kubernetes the final point is um a closing point uh, actually all my projects are kubernetes or kubernetes like so kubernetes or ecs or openshift which is kubernetes and we run either stock servers or quarkus and um yeah, sure. yeah and and um this is always not a big problem. I think uh, stuff changes if you have to if the services have to come and go, right? So, um, but this is not a lot. Of projects are like that. So usually we start, you know, for microservices or ten microservices. Of course, each of them has uh, two instances, and they work forever more or less. So if one dies once a half year, then it gets restarted. But there is no huge need to start and and, and stop the services because they are very fast and um small enough and the cost difference is not that much so um, i have my own you know cloud accounts and sometimes i forget the entire environment for a month so this is a little bit more painful but it's like you know 100 euros so it is not like you know a huge amount which which kills you but uh, it, there is a difference but it's not a difference which uh causes a team of developers to migrate from one server to another right if you see it reasonable from the cost perspective yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, and and this, what uh, what's different is if you go uh, in in the direction of lambda, 
where the functions are coming and going. So then it's a little bit different, but um, even then, if a, a lambda is used a lot, it remains hot. So there is no need, you know, to, so it is yeah. performant. And if it comes and goes, then uh, something like GraalVM makes a true difference. But because if the service yeah. starts, you know, in one second or three seconds, it's still too slow. And with GraalVM, it starts in, you know, a tenth of a second. So this is a a, a, a real difference between between the the uh, environments. And also you play for sure for clouds. It's not like, you know, even without Java, if you set up the cloud or you create a new service, sometimes it takes, so last week, three minutes, five minutes to tear down the cloud. It's, if it's not like, you know, the Java is slow. The entire thing reminds me, you know, the early days with Xdoclet where we generated something for five minutes to see the results. So it's not that different even now with Terraform and all the toolings we have. So, it's, it, so we cannot make, you know, Java crazy fast and then everything else takes forever. So this is also the set true of, of clouds, what I, what I encounter right now, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, you know, on the other hand, it's still like that, that uh, maybe it's not only the startup time and shutdown time. It's also how you can flexibly uh, uh, include some modules and exclude them and yeah. to and really get the like optimum code. With, so. with you and a dedicated podcast, because you're a professor, so this is always fun, you know, to, to, challenge, <laughs> to challenge the professor <laughs> and, um, and have uh, just discussion about architecture, BPL, uh, microservices, just architecture, because, uh, you know, right. how to structure, because I'm, I'm from the real world, I will challenge you, we can have, you know, we have some fights and just for fun. And um, and and of course, um, what I also would like to to hear what was you know the microservice framework be behind Cumulus would be also fun to note. So where people can find you on the internet? Uh, well, uh, you are hard to find. So is there any chance? No, no, not not really. I have a LinkedIn account, you know, okay. which I use quite often. Yeah. Then you have my email address. No, but, right? uh, but I will put this on my, the show notes. So I, I will link to your to your LinkedIn account and yeah, your university please. page. And university page, yeah, that Perfect. would work, yeah. So thank you. That would be great. Uh, Adam, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if there is something uh, what we could do for you or your show or something like that, how how do you manage those things? I don't know. Is there something that? Uh, no, I just it just it's just fun for me. <laughs> All right. All right. Great. Thank Great. You. Thank you very much again. And then uh I would love to, to talk with you again yeah. when you have time. Okay.